Hey everyone, this is Jason Shappert, and you're listening to the Private Pilot Podcast by M0A.com, where a good pilot is always learning. So we've soloed, well, now exactly what do we do? Where do we take this pursuing of the Private Pilot Certificate? Hey everyone, Jason Shepard here of M0A.com. So excited to have you all on the Private Pilot Podcast today, brought to you by our Ground School Academy, groundschoolacademy.com, the number one rated online ground school for private, instrument, and commercial pilot. And this entire month of January, we're running that crazy special of become a member. And really, if you already are a member, this applies to you as well, but become a member and get all eight of my books for free. Pass your private pilot check ride, Secret of Perfect Landings, Far in Plain English, In-Flight Emergencies, which includes also our 20 video series on in-flight emergencies where we show you and break down in-flight emergencies that you normally don't think about. Things like hypoxia, carbon monoxide poisoning, and the more common things like the engine failure in-flight, engine failure on takeoff, engine fire on start. These types of items are all covered in the great videos you've just grown to love over the months and years you've known us here at m0a.com. So groundschoolacademy.com to check that out and learn more. Get that written test done, get the check ride done, and most importantly, be that safe real world pilot. So the scope of today is solo practice. And really, it's, I want to chat about how we can better ourselves when we're flying without our flight instructor. And this may be, this could apply to you anyway. I'm gonna talk about it from the vein of, okay, I just soloed, what's next? And how do I practice solo? But if you're already a certificated private pilot listening to this, you can still benefit greatly as we talk about kind of this idea, this sounds crazy, of like becoming your own CFI. We're going to talk about that here in just a bit, though. So I'll leave you hanging on that. But let's dive into this here. First off, show of hands. I can't see you, but I'll, I'll know that most of you are going to hold your hands up to this. You just soloed, and your flight instructor said, okay, Jason, this is great. You just soloed. Hey, why don't you schedule the plane tomorrow and just take it out to the practice area and just go do some maneuvers? And you're like, okay, what maneuvers would you like me to do? I don't know, just go out and do some steep turn, slow flight and stalls. And you're thinking, you want me to go out and do stalls with, and, and you're not sitting right there in the right seat? I think we've all had that conversation with our flight instructor. We've all had that thought of like, I don't feel so safe going out here and doing stalls by myself. I don't think that's the best idea. And, and again, this is just me. I was a 16-year-old kid when I soloed. I went out to that practice area and I just went, came back and told my instructor, oh yeah, I did stalls, don't you worry about it. I had a fear of stalling. I might have fibbed a little bit to my flight instructor because I sure wasn't going to go out and practice stalls. I was nervous when she was sitting there next to me, let alone to go out and do them by myself. Not something I wanted to go out and practice, certainly. But we're going to go down a list here and really just share on how some newly soloed pilots or just pilots looking to maintain, not currency, but maintain proficiency can work to sharpen their skills. And it starts with sharpening our pre-flight skills. How about your aeronautical decision-making? Are you working every single day to get better at ADM? aeronautical decision-making. And it's this simple. Wake up every day, whether you're flying or not, pretend you are, and make a go or no-go decision. 
I always, gosh, did I talk about this last episode or a few episodes ago? We do so many podcasts, I get confused, but read a METAR each day. Wake up and read a METAR each day. Listen, hear me out on this. If you wake up and you hop on ForeFlight or AviationWeather.gov or whatever you use and go out and read a METAR each day, First off, and again, I'm talking the raw trans, I don't want a transcribed version, I want a raw METAR, untranslated, right? You're doing the translation. Read that raw METAR and then walk outside and experience it. Read that METAR when it says clouds broken at 2,000 feet. Walk outside, look up, and go, okay, that's what a broken layer looks like. That's what a broken layer looks like at 2,000 feet and actually see it. Read that the winds are from 070 at 10 knots, gust 1-4. Walk outside and feel what that feels like. Feel the inconsistencies that you can feel the gusts. Walk outside and experience that METAR. You see, when you do that, you're working on making go and no-go decisions every day. And it becomes so much easier. Whereas most of us just simply go out and make go or no-go decisions on the days we want to fly, which means, okay, you're flying once, twice a week. You're making that decision once or twice a week, whereas you could be making it every single day and working on that decision-making muscle, the brain of yours, on making those smart decisions. Have your hard-set personal minimum numbers. I don't need to go into that. We've talked about that a million times, about having hard-set personal minimum numbers, but compare that METAR you just read that day to your hard set personal minimum numbers and see that and use that now to make those decisions for you. So let's say we've made the decision to fly. Now we're going to go out and fly. What are we going to do? Well, if you're that brand new, you know, that newly minted solo pilot, you are going to go out and do maneuvers. Maneuvers. You're going to do slow flight. You're going to do stalls. You're going to do ground reference maneuvers, but you have to be confident. Believing in you starts with you, I always say. And the same is true in the cockpit. But there's such a difference between confidence and cockiness in the cockpit as well. They're two totally different things, right? I want to see a confident student pilot, but not so confident that it becomes cockiness overconfidence. You know what I mean? You should have a genuine fear of stalls, a little fear of slow fly, a little fear of doing ground reference maneuvers and being so close to the ground. That is a, that is a great logical fear to have because it keeps you humble and it keeps you on your toes and it allows you to make smart go and no-go decisions when you still feel that fear and fly. And trust me, 10,000 hours later, I still get that same kind of fear of like, you know, I I don't like where I'm at right now, and if this weather turned any worse, we're landing and we're just not continuing on today, I don't like this situation. I still have a humbling respect for that airplane every time we go out there because it just takes one hour sometimes to, to screw up, doesn't it? Not even. Uh, but that, that next hour in that logbook, you understand what I'm saying? Go out and practice those maneuvers, absolutely, but have that respect for them as well and that great understanding of them to, it's just going to excel your flight train so much more because it is a confidence booster. When you can get out there and do slow flight and stalls and, and ground reference maneuvers solo, absolutely, you can build that confidence. Now, trust me, my newly minted solo pilots, a lot of them, I don't let them do stalls. We have to really work into that to let them do stalls solo. 
And, and there's just some cases where I just don't let students do it at all because I, I can tell that confidence level uh, of a student as well. If it's not there, I don't let them do that. It's just, it, and that's part of being a flight instructor too. This is beyond the scope of this podcast today, but part of being a flight instructor is just knowing what's right for each student as well. So you need to do that self-evaluation, something we're going to talk about, know what's right for you. What about what we're so used to doing is beating up that traffic pattern, but not just beating up the traffic pattern to do it, right? I always teach that every landing should have a purpose. Every landing, you say, well, how do I give it a purpose? Give every landing a point to aim for. Every landing, let's say I want to hit the beginning of the first center line strike this time. Next time I want to hit the 500 foot marks, whatever it may be, make sure every landing you've got an aiming point. If you're going to make it a normal landing, that's fine. But make sure every landing has some sort of aiming or touchdown point that you're shooting for. Gone are the days of just being satisfied of putting it down on the pavement. And, and living to fly another day. We always joke that, you know, good landing is anyone you can walk away from. A great landing is one where you can use the plane again. And that's, that's a funny, you know, old aviation joke. I get it. But that doesn't fly on a check ride, obviously, right? On a check ride, it's got to be on centerline. It's got to be, you know, towards your aiming point. They're not looking for perfection as a private pilot, but that's what you're striving to get better and better. So make every landing count. Gone are the days just being thankful of being on that piece of pavement. The next question is, I'm giving you all this great advice for doing maneuvers, doing pattern work, but how often do we act, should we be doing this? How often should we be flying? How often should we solo? Let's talk about how often should we be flying. First off, in the training environment, I mean, I want my students flying twice per week. It's just plain and simple. I want you flying twice per week because... If we schedule a Monday flight and a Thursday flight, well, guess what? Monday, the weather's bad. Bummer. But at least we have the Thursday flight to look forward to when we fly Thursday. As opposed to if you're flying only once per week and you're only flying on Mondays, let's say, and Monday, the weather's bad, or Monday, there's a maintenance issue, or Monday, scheduling comes up, or we hit traffic and we're late, whatever it may be, life happens, right? Well... You're going to have to wait till the following Monday now, and now two weeks have gone by since you've actually flown from the last Monday, and you're going to spend the first 30 or 45 minutes of your hour-long lesson just recapping what you did two weeks ago. You have to step up the frequency with that case. So obviously, now that you're, you're a brand newly minted solo pilot in that case, I'd like you to find those you know, twice a week. Maybe you're already a certificated private pilot. Man, in a perfect world, you'd be flying once a week. If not, how about once every two weeks? Uh, once a month, maybe at a minimum. But geez, we're really starting. I mean, I'm thankful you're flying, but there gets to be a point where it's just, am I being safe? Is me not flying for months on end safe? And the answer is no. But there's two schools of thought here. I just had a great conversation with a gentleman who came in to do a studio tour here and said, Jason, you know, we're up north all year and we go into hibernation for three or four months where we just cannot fly because it's just too cold. There's ice storms, there's snowstorms. It's just, it's not good conducive for flying type of weather. So what he does is he gets, he really runs the show, but makes sure everybody else gets involved with his local flying club. And they go in and they do monthly seminars where they're in there for an hour, two hours, just living out that good pilot is always learning mantra and, and on the internet and listening to podcasts like this and just diving into as much information as possible because although they're not flying, 
they're still staying immersed in aviation. And sometimes uh, that can be more valuable than going out there and having a, a lesson that's, that's subpar, a lesson where you're supposed to do this, but you're scared to do stalls, so you did, and then you just kind of flew around, you know, took some pictures of the house and came back. That's just an expensive, that's not a lesson, that's just hours in the logbook. You know what I mean? Sometimes spending the time on the ground can be even more valuable to you. But let's get to this point now of, of this idea that I kind of led into about you know, possibly being your own CFI. And that's a very bold statement. That may not be the best vocabulary and verbiage to use just yet, but it, it conveys this message of, let's say you're already a certificated pilot that you can, and if you've seen the movie Flying Again, Larry shares this as a flight instructor, he does this, that creates his own personal syllabus. Goes out and says, man, this month, because think, let me just, let me put this in more context for you. Like, Larry is a flight instructor, but you also forget that he's Dr., you know, we call him world famous Uncle Larry. He's Dr. Larry, though, for a reason that nine to five, he's a doctor of pharmacy in the hospital. And after hours, he takes on students and flies with them. And that's the extent of his flying. And you can sit there passively as a flight instructor all you want. We all fall trapped to this as a flight instructor sometimes that we watch students do a lot of steep turns, but could we ourselves do pretty darn good steep turns? The answer is a lot of us, no, unfortunately. So Larry's gone out to create his own personal syllabus, says, listen, I'm not going up with a student this day. This day is for me. And I'm going to go out and I'm going to do steep turn, slow flight stalls, and then come back in for power off landings and practice that for an hour. And he creates this own personal syllabus for himself, number one, to give himself a purpose to get out there and fly, but give him some structure so we don't just have those lessons like, hey, we're flying over mom's house now taking pictures and they're outside waving at us, which is fun and we all do that once, fine, right? But it's not as constructive as actually getting out there and getting stuff done. Getting beyond being a current pilot and working towards proficiency and then bringing it all back in and evaluating yourself. The self-critique. That's tough for some of us. I mean, myself, I am so hard on myself. And unfortunately, sometimes as a CFI, that translates over to my students that I can be very difficult. They're doing steep turns well within ACS guidelines, but sometimes I just want to see it just that much better. That's not always fair to them, but I, I always say, hey, it's, it's, it's comes from the right place. It comes from a good heart that just wants you to do your absolute best, right? So you have to get good, though, at evaluating yourself. Create that syllabus for yourself and work to evaluate, how could, I, how could I have done this better? Where did I go right? Where did I go wrong? This is where, I mean, we're in an age where everybody takes off with a, with a camera running now, right? GoPro, Verb, whatever camera your choice is. Everybody's doing that. And it's a great way to self-evaluate. Use a product like Cloud Ahoy, or now ForeFlight does the same thing as well, or a similar thing as well. You can use that to self-evaluate and see, were my steep turns really perfect circles? Were my turns around a point really perfect circle? Were my traffic patterns really a rectangle or an oval shape, depending on which traffic pattern methodology you're following right now? But you get what I'm saying here, that self-evaluation is so important. Solo practice is there to be a confidence booster for you. Not, a, not something to deflate you, but something to be a life lifter. And really, when a student is hitting a flight training plateau, oftentimes I send them on a solo because I know what a, what a boost it can be to flight training 
to show them that, man, flying can be fun and I can do this and can make all this happen. It's a great thing to accomplish. So listen, thanks so much for taking the time to listen to this podcast. Like I shared last week, we're getting in this once a week routine. So these are going to continue to crank out. You're going to continue to have this benefit. I do encourage you obviously to check out our Facebook page. We're posting a lot of great content on our Facebook page, on m0a.com, on our YouTube channel, on uh, just follow us, Snapchat, Twitter, wherever you're at. Find us there. My Snapchat's the only thing that's different. It's just username Jason Shappert, my first and last name. That's, not, that's the only thing that's not branded as M0A. Everything else is just facebook.com forward slash M0A, whatever it may be. Check us out there. And if you need to get the monkey off your back, by the monkey, I think we know what we're talking about. We're talking about that private pilot written test. If you need to get the monkey off your back, get that written test done. Or put that check ride behind you and get it passed with flying colors, or just looking to be that safe real world pilot, do check out our number one rated online ground school, groundschoolacademy.com. Enjoy the rest of your day. And most importantly, remember, a good pilot is always learning. Have a great day, guys. See ya.